All right. Welcome, everyone. This is Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. And today we continue on with another great study from Ephesians chapter 4, 8 to 14. And today we are going to speak of uh, the, 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 the equipping of the saints as we look at our board uh, through the fulfilling of all things that is Christ Jesus. Uh, we're going to discuss what this unity of faith is all about. Uh, and this spiritual maturity, but also how we deal with the winds and waves of deceitful, cunning, and crafty ways of the devil and his schemes. And, and there's a lot of stuff we're going to cover today, but uh, I'm glad you're here with us. Uh, please have your Bible out, um, uh, and um, please follow along. Um, if you miss something, just rewind. Um, if you uh, already heard it, press fast forward. Actually, there's no fast forward. Um, click ahead, I guess, and um, may this word go well with you. Why don't we start with a word of prayer? Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this time as we uh, dwell in the fullness of your word. Bless us in your word and lead us in Christ Jesus. And through all things, through all the winds and waves of this world, Lord, bless us. Grant us wisdom and faith and discernment as we continue to hold steadfast in the faith, in the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we thank you for this day, for this time together. Bless us in your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So what's going on today? Um, Ephesians chapter 4, 8 to 14. If you have missed any parts of the book of Ephesians study, please go on our um, uh, please go on our YouTube channel, and there uh, you will find all the verses that precede what we uh, will teach today, all there on archive. Uh, please subscribe to our channel uh, to get all the latest updates. And uh, if, you any, if you know anyone who needs to hear the word, please send them our link as well. At the end of the day, that's our mission, to shine the light of Christ to all the world. Anyways... Okay, let us continue today. So, Bible's out, context beginning. Remember last week as we spoke of the context, uh, we, we see uh, the one body uh, or, or the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, right? And that is verse 5 of chapter 4, the book of Ephesians, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, um, not many lords, not many faiths, not many baptisms, but one Lord, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is where our one faith is. And also in the baptismal gift that he gives in that one baptism, as we are joined together by that water and word as children of God, reconciled to his name. And, and this is what... Um, at the end of the day, this is what the bond of peace, as we see in verse, if you look at your Bible there, verse 3, uh, the unity of the Spirit, this is what it is all about. It's all about our Lord and His uh, bestowing of gifts to us. Sorry, I'm trying to center this a little, but it's a little off. All right. Well, that's crooked. Better. All right. So today... Uh, starting with verse 8, if we could read that together. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. 
right? Grace is given uh, to each and every one of us. And this is, sorry, this is verse 7. And when we, when we talk about the measure of Christ's gift, uh, here we see uh, simply the grace of our Lord. And that measure is the gift of Christ. That measure, as we seek of, really does set up what is to come in verse 8 and following. Um, We see right here this measure in verse 8. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, what does that mean? This is a reference to a Psalm 68, and there this is a reminder of, of David as they were bringing up the ark uh, to Jerusalem, and, and, and there, uh, after giving his burnt offerings, this is after defeating the Philistines, right? After, after uh, giving the, the, the offerings to the Lord, there uh, David showered gifts to the people um, <clears throat> um, by the Lord of hosts. And that's 2 Samuel uh, 6, 16 and following. Uh, And when we talk about uh, King David uh, to Jesus, we very well know the family line. Uh, We very well know the follow through um, of what was to come in the true king, the savior of the world. And here we see uh, how when he ascended on high, Again, when we talk about the ascension of Jesus, uh, we very well know, uh, this is a catechetical thought for you, uh, we very well know the, the comfort of what the ascension brings, right? And, and here we see it as the comfort of the ascension is that, number one, uh, that his return uh, shall uh, uh, come to fruition at his time and in, in his will and place, of course, that Jesus' final return will be here. But also, the ascension comforts us in a sense of uh, that uh, he is with us. He promises to be where he is because in his ascension, right, he exercises full, full power uh, and authority. I spelled exercise wrong. That's another word that sometimes is tough to... Um, Spell. Um, and also uh, that as he is with us, exercising full authority, when we talk about the omnipotence of God, we very well know in number three uh, that uh, he is with us in his true body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. That because of the ascension, there's so many reasons why this is so great. Number four, that he is our Intercessor, that he hears our prayers and speaks on behalf of us, right? So when he ascended on high, he led the captives. He, as it says in the commentary, he captivated captivity. Kind of a, a, a double, two integers, two negatives equals a positive. He captivated captivity. That is, he broke, he loosed the bonds of captivity by his very own work and thus giving gifts to man. And these are the benefits. From King David to Jesus, the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, God with us in the Ark and there, uh, Jesus, 
that, that, that fruition, the word made flesh, John chapter 1, God with us, present with us, Savior of the world, ascended on high, breaking the captives free, all by his resurrection, uh, through his death, the gospel, the blood of cross, uh, three days later, uh, after teaching the disciples 40 days there, he would ascend to the right hand of God. We will know in uh, Acts chapter 1, uh, uh, why are you looking? He's going to return the same way he left, right? Uh, we, we, Lo, I will be with you until the end of the age, Matthew 28. Uh, again, this is, this is all because of the ascension and the gifts that come from that by the promise of our Lord. So when we talk about the measure, measure of the Lord's gifts, you know, the ascension in itself is something I think that we don't, and honestly, we don't, we, we don't talk about it that much. Right? We have Ascension Day, and we celebrate Ascension Day here at Faith Moore Park, of course. But, but uh, the ascension, the measure of what that brings is so great, just as we detailed or blueprinted it out for you right there. Um, but also, as we continue on here in verse 9, in saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? Descended. So we talk about the ascension, right? But that descend in verse 9 and also as we talk about 9 and 10 together, uh, that descend is called the, um, the incarnation. And when we speak of the incarnation, I always love my, as people know, I love my burritos, you know, my tacos, my burritos, corn tortilla, you know, sapico uh, de gallo, and um, yeah, some good old carne asada, right? We love the meat. So when we talk about incarnation, this is the in meat, right? In the meat, in the flesh, right? When we talk about the dissension, it is God descending upon us through uh, uh, the, 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 the word made flesh conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the virgin birth, Virgin Mary, right? And it is in this incarnation where, again, we see the measure of, of God's gift. Again, earlier, measure of his ascension. And uh, here in his incarnation, think about that. I mean, think about how much the Lord loves you. And the measure he took to be your savior, right? That he came to us, God with us in the flesh. And there in his incarnation, he took, how humiliating, the state of humiliation is, is here uh, 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 in the forefront, that he would take upon the flesh to be with us, right? Um, of course, he, uh, Jesus is without sin, but yet in the flesh, he endured all things. We see it in the 40 days, in the 40 nights, right? Uh, with the devil in the wilderness, hungry, tired, no food. You know, uh, but what did he have? The word of God. Because he is the word of God, the incarnation. He is Christ incarnate, right? Uh, but also uh, throughout his life, what did he do? That in this flesh, he was sinless. That he was obedient, actively obedient to the Father's will. Fulfilling that will ultimately by receiving our sins and becoming sin for us, being baptized, right? Uh, anointed by the Spirit, taking upon and bearing the wrath of God, this cup of wrath, going to the cross, and through His perfect life, as the perfect 
uh, sacrifice without sin, without any spot or blemish. Again, this is a reminder of the Passover lamb in the Old Testament, right? Before they were to go on the Exodus. This is what kicked them off, the blood on the doorpost, right? Lintel. And it is in this perfect uh, lamb without blemish. Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1, He is the perfect sacrifice. All in this state of humiliation. Right? He not only came into this world uh, to be of the flesh, but he went straight into his death. Right? That's what the journey was all about for Jesus. It wasn't just to say hello. It was to go to the cross and die for the sins of the world, crown, thorns, head, nails, hand, blood, scourged, whipped, spat upon, scoffed, everything. Yet there was no other way only Christ being sent to us to be our Savior. There's no other way to be saved. This is the only way. And this is the measure to which our Lord took for each and every one of us. And that measure is his ascension and descending. Ascending and descending, descending, ascending. I know when I was a kid, uh, you know, when you learn those words first, you always, you always wonder, what is that? What's descending? What's ascending? Descending is down. Ascending is I guess up, arise, up. Anyways, uh, trying to give you a mnemonic device there. But the point is, is that when we talk about the ascending and descending or descending and ascending of our Lord, what does it say right there in verse 10? It says, he who descended is the one who ascended above all the heavens that he might fulfill all things or fill all things. That is quintessentially, or not quintessentially, I don't know why I say quintessentially, but this is basically what our Lord brings to the table. He fills all things by his work. Descending, ascending, his active obedience, his passive obedience, uh, as uh, he uh, charges uh, to us his righteousness, right, imputes. And there also uh, uh, he, he takes upon our sin. Right? He dies on the cross. He rises on the third day. He descends into hell three days later. Right, He rises uh, from the dead. Again, exaltation, descending into hell and following. Right, State of humiliation and exaltation. Again, go, go back to the catechism if you have questions on that, especially in the second article of the Apostles' Creed explanation. But here we see uh, clearly that in the totality of Christ's work and his descending and ascending, he gives you all things. And the result is what? Forgiveness of sins, life and salvation. Your name is written in the book of life. You are a child of God. You are reconciled with God. You are in his name and he is always with you until the end of the age. This is uh, what it means to fill all things. This is the measure to which our Lord took so that you may be with him. And this is who our Lord is, our gracious God, who gives us all things. Right? So, salvation in a nutshell. Descending, ascending, result, fulfilling all things as a savior of the world. Remember, without the resurrection, what does it say in 1 Corinthians? Our faith would be futile. Our faith would be foolish. Our faith would be in vain. But yet... By his resurrection, the conquering reality of our status is that we have defeated death. Uh, we have overcome death by the, by the uh, one who defeated death for us, Jesus Christ. And we have life in his name. And now, in that fullness, what does he do, St. Paul say in verse 11? He says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Um, he gave. 
Very important, right? This is the Lord's doing. The apostles, of course, that's a unique calling. Uh, as we look in the Bible and all those that were sent, the prophets, of course, the evangelists, of course. But then it says the shepherds and the teachers. These are, these are like your pastors, right? Now, why is this important that we understand this, that the Lord gave? I think, number one, uh, we know that the Lord provides us with pastors. If any church has gone through the call process, especially in the Lutheran church, you know that uh, this is, as we call it, uh, a divine call. And we very well know uh, that this is uh, given to us and provided by the will of God, um, that his time, his place, his measure will indeed come to fruition in, in that time. And, and also, I think, for pastors and for myself as a reminder that this is God's doing. And what that reminds me of as a pastor is we're not here to interject what we think, right? It's not my opinion, right? It's not my thoughts, right? It's not what I think I bring innovatively to the table, right? No. I mean, we're simply mouthpieces of God. We simply preach the scriptures for what it says, and that's where we stay. We don't go further off scripture. We don't go under scripture. We are at scripture, and we teach the scripture. And at the end of the day, we fix everyone's eye on Jesus, right? That's the beauty uh, of being a pastor. It's not about me. It's about the Lord and his work for all of us, and that's what we preach in Christ and in him, crucified. Boom, right? So what a great uh, opportunity this is, remembering what our call is, because it is by that living word that he gave through the apostles, through the prophets, evangelists, and the shepherds. That very word, Christ's word, the word of the law, the word of the gospel. What does it say now in verse 12 and following? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, uh, for the work of service, building up the body. You know, how do we equip the saints? How do we, how do we give them the full armor of God? Um, is it by their own doing? You know, there's something about hearing God's word time and time again. Hearing. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the words of Christ. When we hear God's word, there we are being equipped as the saints. Saints, covered by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Right? That our roots are being strengthened, our roots are being uh, uh, nurtured, our, our, our roots are, being, are, are growing all by the, the proclamation of the Christ and the gospel and the forgiveness of sins. And there you are equipped, right? There you are ready because the bullseye has been heard and that is Jesus at Calvary and what he has done for you in, in your faith. And this is what we do as a church. This is what God gave the church to do, 
Luke 24, I always say it, 44 to 47, to preach repentance and forgiveness. There is equipping here to accuse, to crush, but also to lift up and to remedy and to comfort them in the, in the imparting declaration that your sins are forgiven, justified by Christ through the death and resurrection of our Lord, equipped by the baptism that he has given to you, one faith, one Lord, one, Lord, one faith, one baptism. And there you find comfort in the one true faith where your faith clings, and that is to the word of God. And this is the building up of the body. Building up of the body, it's not always about numbers, right? It's about, you know, I, I always think about this because, you know, as a pastor, it's easy to get lost in numbers. How many people are attending? How many people are at your church? You know, what's the membership like, right? But then the other day, again, I was thinking about this with my children, and, and I, I, we were at the drive through <laughs> at Del Taco because that's I love tacos, quick tacos. But uh, I, you know, I, I was thinking like, you know, when we, when I look at people, and told my kids this, they're not simply human. They're, they're souls that need to be cared for. That there is a spiritual realm that we as pastors are are giving to them or are nurturing them by the very word of God. And that's what the building up is all about. Is is for everyone to see that within our own struggle of sin, there is Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. That there's no stone unturned, no question, no doubt, conscience is clean, conscience is pure, assured, confident, certain, indeed, that I am, you are a child of God all by what God has done for you. And that is the equipping of the saints, the gospel, building up the body by the one, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ, who is that foundation. Right? So equipping the saints, building, how? By the word of God preached, repentance and forgiveness, where there the Holy Spirit works, giving you the comfort of your righteousness. And your righteousness is Jesus Christ who shed his blood for you on that very cross. Your righteousness is the baptism that he gave you. Remember, he gave you Jesus. He captivated the captivity. He gave you the descending of Christ, the ascending of Christ. He gives you the church in a sense where Christ is your head. He is the head of the church, giving uh, 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 the apology, or the, uh, the apostles, the evangelists, uh, the prophets, uh, the shepherds, the teachers there by the living word of Christ to equip the saints. That's what's happening. You don't, you don't just come to church on Sunday and say, I'm going to learn something about Jesus. No, you're being equipped. You're being rooted, right? You're being strengthened. You're, you're being grounded uh, by that water of the word that continues to grant you uh, this strengthening of faith that points you to Christ time and time again. You and I very well know that within our own sin, as we look at the mirror, I need to hear it every day. I mean, I always, you know, I, I, I FaceTime with our college kids here every week and, and um, you know, what was I? Why did I bring that up? I, I guess the point is, is that, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Like, you know, as pastors, we're always in our books, we're always studying, but you know, you would assume that that would be enough, but it isn't, right? Like, we need to hear Christ like everyone else needs to hear Christ time and time again. Because this is where, in Christ, we have the good cheer and great joy of the good news that has been given to us in the gospel. Being equipped in Christ. Only Christ. That the, the answer is Christ. The remedy is Christ. Your faith is Christ. Your grace is Christ. Your salvation is Christ. Your forgiveness is Christ. Right? This is what the building of the body is. 
right? It's Christ and what he has done, breaking the forces of darkness, transferring you to the marvelous sight, and giving you that faith, the conclusion of the faith. And verse 13, as we segue to it, what does it say right there? Until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Again, when we hear God's word equipped and building up, there we have the unity of faith, right? That's why we have the unity of confession. That's why uh, we practice uh, closed communion. That's why uh, we teach people before they come up to the Lord's table, because this unity of confession, this unity of faith is very important in a sense of what this unity is bound by, and that is by the faith in God's word, right? I always tell people, come to Bible study, hear the word of God, receive it through the preaching, through the teaching, through the, the sacraments, uh, receive it, study it, meditate, chew on it, digest it, because there, um, at the end of the day, we are in that oneness of the fullness of faith, which brings us that spiritual maturity. We're not fluttering, we're not floating. When times get tough, when the winds and waves of, of doctrine or false doctrine come about, we're not wondering if this sounds good or, oh, that, that makes sense. Well, why don't we follow that? No. We are able to discern, to see what this faith is all about, right? All right, verse 14, as we read it. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, uh, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. And this is going to be our last verse today. All this, the fullness of God, what he has done for us and is descending and ascending. In this, because of that gospel, Christ is the head of the church. God gave us shepherds and teachers to teach us Christ and Him crucified, right? To teach us the justification that God gives. To teach us by grace through faith, not, a, not of our work or our own doing, but a gift from God, right? And it's through this equipping and building that we are being built up as a saint. Remember, you are a saint. How? By the blood of Christ. He is the subject. He is doing the verbing. And there you are, the saints, by the one true faith to which your faith clings. And that's Jesus, right? And it's in this faith, in the word of God, that we are unified by this very faith. And and in the stronghold of Christ in his empty tomb, right? We stand tall, conquered, victorious, knowing full well that he has overcome the world, that he has overcome death. We in the wind and waves, as they toss to and fro, are not deterred by every wind of doctrine. The spiritually immature, those who are not rooted in the word, will be affected by the winds and waves of, 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 of deceitful false doctrine. Right? What is it about wind and waves? You just don't know how they are going to come about, which angle. You know, with waves, if you're from California or from the salt water, you know they come in, in, uh, in periods, right? Or, or in pulses, right? They, they come in sets. They don't just come, you know, I guess sometimes we can predict how, how many seconds a, a each set is going to be. But every wave isn't the same. Every wave is slightly different. Every wave has a different shape. Every wave breaks in so many different ways. Uh, some break further out. Some break close, closer in. Some have a, a double, um, what is it called, guys? Um, oh, what is that called? I should know this. Um, anyways, uh, but also with the wind, you know? Uh, we very well know where does the wind come from? At what degree does it come? What angle does it come? It comes in so many different angles, so many different directions, and it's very cunning, right? That is the characteristic of, uh, of waves and wind. 
They're very cunning and crafty and deceitful. And their job, the devil's scheme, is to turn you away from the fulfilling of all things. And that's Jesus Christ. That's why the word is so important to hear time and time again. You can't tell yourself and be in that resolve of, I already know that. Well, spiritually speaking, we know what we're up against. We know our old Adam. We know our sinful nature. And here in the word, there we are brought back. Our eyes are fixated upon the Christ and what he has done, equipping us and building us up as the body of Christ by the proclamation of his word, by the study of his word and the unity of faith. And therefore, when the winds and waves come, the rock does not move. We are not built on shifting sand, right? A castle's made of sand, right? Fall into the sea eventually, right? You know that lyric. Anyways, um, uh, but that, it's true, right? The rock of Christ, the mark of spiritual maturity, that is the word and the sacrament. That is where our faith is, the fullness, the unity of faith. And when the winds and waves of false doctrine do come, we stand tall in the truth because that truth is Christ and his word. Right? This is what uh, it is all about. Through, again, concluding today, through this measure, and that measure is his descending, ascending, um, we have all things. Until his return, we continue to proclaim the unity of faith, and that faith is Jesus. So remember that this day. It's, it's definitely a faith life that we have in a sense where we are constantly hearing and receiving in the midst of the world and the wind and waves of false doctrine that are trying to turn us away. Here in the word, we are growing and being strengthened and being mature in this manhood, uh, this unity of faith as we are equipped and built up by this very word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit who creates faith and sustains faith in us. And that faith, again, is the one who fills all things, Jesus Christ. Okay. I think that's it. I know I missed some things, but um, I think that's where we will stop today. All right. Well, <clears throat> thank you for joining me today. And hopefully uh, you got some good nuggets out of this text as you look at it in a whole. This is our brain today. This is our study. And uh, grab hold of it uh, because uh, this is... <laughs> This is what it's all about, right? That's what's happening in the Word. The proclamation of the descending of Christ and the ascending of Christ. And also the result of that in our present-day church as we continue to walk in that Word of Christ together. So continue on, carry on in this life of faith through the Word of God. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for this time. Lord, defend us and protect us from every wind and wave of, of false doctrine. Lord, unite us in the one true faith, in the word of God. Grant us humility um, to submit in faith to your very word, that though our old Adam seeks and desires uh, the ways of the flesh, Lord, bless us uh, faithfully uh, in the faithfulness of Christ. Lead us to stay and bless us in your holy word. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
All right, friends, thank you for joining me. Again, this is Pastor Ernie Jung. Um, If you missed part of this, please press rewind. If you missed another chapter, please go to our YouTube page. But until next time, may this word go well with you. Thank you for joining me wherever, wherever, however you are doing that. May this word benefit you. All right, friends, love you all, praying for you all. And until next time, have a wonderful day. Adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.